Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. If you have a Bible close by, you can turn to John chapter 15, beginning in verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 5 through 17. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy can be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you my friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in the name of the Father, in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. All right. Well, good morning. Fantastic section of scripture, probably pretty familiar to you if you've been around uh, in the Bible at all. This, this week is the anniversary of when I gave my life to Christ, so 26 years ago, <laughs> uh, I gave my life to, to follow Jesus, so I, at least I let go of bitterness in my life at that point, point. and that was a big step, that was the first step. And then I remember I actually read through the book of John, and it was, I had tried to read the Bible before, and I would get a page or two in, and I was like, I have no idea what anyone gets out of this. When I was younger, I would read it and just not get anything. And then I remember when I was a freshman in college, I finished the book of John, and I thought, the University of Washington marching band is going to show up and start playing, and... Because I was so excited. I loved it. I finished a whole book, and I loved it, and I just kept going. 
So this verse, this section of Scripture, John 15, uh, is very, very pivotal. Jesus says that we're to remain in Him, that life is found in Him. We can't, we're called to bear fruit, and we can't do it outside of Him. So I know that, but then I also struggle. So I know that He wants me to bear fruit. I know that He wants me to love other people, but I struggle with that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So this is the last message in the comeback series, Down But Not Out, The Art of the Comeback. And really, there is no comeback that's real without love. Jesus was really, really, really clear that to love others, uh, and specifically just to love Christians, all men would know that we are his disciples. And that's no easy task. In today's world, it is difficult to love each other. It's difficult to remain uh, in the vine and to keep bearing fruit. So we're going we're gonna to go after that a little bit. So a little review from the last time I shared. Um, we are in a state of broken humanity. And the Bible calls that sin. It's brokenness. It's, there's a penalty for it. But there's also just this presence of sin, of brokenness. It's in me. It's in the world. And we have a fallen enemy. And there just becomes an avalanche of pain because of brokenness. Um, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came for life. And to give it not just a little bit, but abundant life. So God is revealing who he is as we walk with him. So when we think about coming back, part of why it's worth it to come back is that God is glorified when we walk with him. When we say yes to him and his ways, when we say yes to bearing fruit the way he wants it done. Uh, So we're going to look at the question, how do I come back when my love freezes? So I don't know if you're like me, but the love of Mike gets a little stingy (laughs) at a certain point. I can be pretty, I'm really easygoing, and and I'm kind of sensitive. It's kind of funny. My wife, she is like tough, and then I'm I'm way more sensitive. It's really interesting, but um, it happens. So we, we see the command of Jesus in John, also in John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. So this is an upward call in our lives. This, is, this isn't optional. This isn't if you want to love other people. Jesus says, this is my command. Love one another. So we have the command. It's upward for me. It's not where I, I can be, especially in my brokenness. I get stuck. And then at the end of the John passage we just read, John 15, uh, 16 and 17, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. It is all over in Scripture that we are to love each other. You can read the book of 1 John, and you'll get a couple more doses of the place of love in the body. And so, um, so how does my love reservoir freeze? First, you know, pain slows it down. So I would say that these things are in degrees. You know, there's pain, there's hurt. Okay, those are, those are different. 
and then being rejected, that'll really start to slow me down from loving others. Disillusioned can slow me down. And so that, when I think about even when we're talking about the body of Christ, sometimes I get a little disillusioned. We do not love each other very well, to be honest. If you look at mission in our state, it doesn't have a very pretty story. (laughs) And so I could get a little disillusioned and I'll just say, well, I'm done with you. Or sometimes I get self-centered. Where I just like, you know what? Forget loving other people. I'm just going to do what makes me feel good. I do that. Uh, that's me sometimes. And then lastly, injury, betrayal, loss. I mean, there's a lot of things. That's a different list. Um, Jesus wants to bring life and healing. We're going to not center on the lower part of the list. I will touch on that. Um, But that's why we have a healing prayer team. I don't want deep pain for you to think that we could just put band-aids on that stuff. God brings healing, but it, it, we need, sometimes we need guides for that. We need him to help us overcome our deeper pains. But, you know, my wife and I, uh, we do lots of little things at each other. And so part of how Mike's love gets frozen and stingy is I start keeping the scorecard of the little things. And so um, that's more what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, for those of you who have OCD, my circles aren't very <laughs> concentric. Or, uh, I apologize. I tried. I, the choice was to handwrite it or to try to do it digitally. So this is what you get when I try to do it digitally. But we have different layers of relationship. And so forgiveness, uh, well, in personal pain, at some point we have a line. But at the core of life is our relationship with God. That's where where life is found, and that's where uh, life is about. And then the next ring out, we have covenant relationships. And I would say those are, you know, if you have a spouse or if you have a close friend that you say, I'm going to be, you're going to be my brother, and we're going to walk together, or your kids, those are close family relationships. They're the dearest people in our lives. The next ring out would be perhaps the body of Christ. Jesus said we're to love one another there. So that's the, those, are, those are relationships there that have different levels of commitment. Friends and neighbors, enemies. And then right outside of enemies, we might put the other political parties. You know, just kidding. But it um, seems like sometimes that those are the worst people in the world to us. We're going to talk about how our love freezes. There's a point when we get hurt where we just say we're done and we stop. So what happens when I, when someone crosses my line is I put up the bars, the prison walls, and it's like, you can't get me anymore. The problem is, is that I can't get out either. And so the call of God is to go bear fruit. And part of that fruit is to love other people. But when I stop loving, when I, when I withdraw and put up the bars, uh, God's love is frozen in me. So the tension is I want to do what's right, and I believe that you do too. We see that in the book of Romans. Um, we're going to look at a tiny bit. I believe Christians want to do what's right at the core of their hearts. They want to do what's right. I want to love my wife and my family. I want to love the body 
if I was living fully all the time, I would have a great story. We want to do what's right, but we struggle to overcome brokenness. And the Bible calls that the flesh. It's, it's broken humanity. We're not yet whole. We will be one day. If you listen to my last message, we talked about that. The future, uh, sin, the presence of sin will be no more one day. And that's really, really good news. So in Romans, if you want to look at the end of uh, Romans chapter 7, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing for my inner being. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) what I want to do, I don't do. But the evil is what I keep doing. And it's, it's what it means is really that's the easiest thing for me to do is just the broken ways, the broken mic, the scorecard, the withdrawing. Um, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. And I believe that's true of every believer. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. On the inside of you is something new and it's beautiful. And one day it's going to be full. So we have uh, this—I had a pastor in Seattle write a book called The Civil War Within. Inside me is the delight in God's law that wants to do that, that wants to love nobly, that wants to forgive boldly. But then I live at the same time. Inside me is that, but then I live in this broken humanity. So Romans continues. uh, Wait. For I have the desire to do what is good— but I cannot carry it out. Oh, wait. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. That's my body. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the reality is, is who will rescue me from this broken body? Jesus will. He sets us free. And, and in Romans 8, 1, this continues on. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. So that's the reality. We live in this civil war, and sometimes I'm doing well, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm loving, sometimes I'm not. And so we have comeback opportunities all the time in our relationships. And as a church, I really want, man, we want us as a body, we want to root for our families to be healthy. We want to root for your close relationships to be healthy, that we'd be loving. As a body, we want to love each other. Um, I have a history. I worked with the ministry for 16 years different ministry. Hard things happened, uh, sorry, um, a couple of years ago. I haven't been working the, for this ministry for uh, five years now, over five years. But I have withdrawn from that. So it's like close relationships that I had for 16 years, I was willing to let my love freeze because of pain. And it doesn't matter what anyone else does. God calls me to love. He's not calling me to keep track of what everybody else is doing. He's calling me to love because I'm a part of his body. And that's my job. That's my first job, not to be an expert on what everybody else needs to do. So the same thing goes for our families, our, our, 
our relationships, uh, husbands and wives in our church, I want to speak to you. I know what it's like to have a scorecard with my wife. What would it be like for her to experience what I've experienced from God? God has forgiven me, so he's pardoned my sin, but then he's also given me favor. What if I gave that to my wife? What if I gave her pardon for the hurt she's caused? But way beyond that, if I gave her favor. And so that's the call in our lives, husbands and wives. I just want us, let's renew. We need to come back in those ways. We want our church to be alive and healthy. For those of you who aren't married, you've had close relationships. You have close relationships. It's the same thing. When we get hurt, if you've made a commitment to somebody, continue in it. We, we want to be uh, bearing good fruit. So the big idea, uh, we need to call on Jesus to set us free from that prison. <laughs> so that's the first big idea. So we want to do what's right. We're stuck. The big idea is we need to call on Jesus to set us free, and he'll do it. John eight thirty one and 32 Jesus was teaching, and he said, uh, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So again, what was part of his teaching? Love one another. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And continues on in John uh, 34 and 38, 34 and 36. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave is no, has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So a few encouragements. We need to repent from the idea that it is okay not to love. Let me slow down and say that uh, a little bit more clearly. It's not okay for us not to love each other. It's not okay for me not to love my wife, my kids. It's not okay for me not to love you. Jesus' command was for the body to love each other. It's not okay for me to not love the church across the street. It's not okay. So why have I become so comfortable with that being okay? I need to repent from those ideas when they come. And so not to beat up, beat, beat each other up with that, but it's the upward call. This is the kingdom of God. It's a, it's a noble story of love so the encouragement is repentance from that, that Jesus sets me free, and forgiveness is vital for love to exist. So we're going to, broken people are going to make a mess. It happens. And so forgiveness is absolutely vital. And I'm not, I thought I was going to do more teaching about forgiveness, um, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, Sherry typed up uh, a resource that we'll make available that really helps with forgiveness. Our healing prayer team can really, really, really help with forgiveness. And that's, that's an area for me. And I can say the words, but it doesn't mean I've forgiven someone of the pain that they've caused in my life. And what I've, I've found is that when I do forgive someone, the pain is still there, but I bring Jesus into that pain. It's like, all right, help me now. Because the pain is still there for those of us who have been injured. It's still there. But we're not left alone in it. And he will bring healing to that. 
But forgiveness is vital for love to exist. So I would love for you to think about if you have any relationships, perhaps even in our church, where you need to forgive. It's not optional for us not to love. It really isn't. We need to forgive one another. We need to love one another. Now I want to I do want to highlight that forgiveness and, and trust are not the same thing. And especially if there's damaging relationships and abusive relationships. Forgiveness is for everyone. Trust is not. Um, at the very core, you could trust wildly that God is good and he'll do what he says. And even if you don't feel like what he says is true, you can trust what he says. I would, I would want you to take a risk to trust him with all you have. He's never let me down. God has never, ever let me down. You could trust wildly in God as a person. The next ring out, I would say, in our covenant relationships, we need to trust wildly there if it's a safe place. I wanna, I'm not going to talk about abuse so much. Um, if someone is being abused, we, we also want to stop that and get someone safe. But in a situation where it's just hurt and brokenness and a scorecard, I need to forgive and trust Corey wildly that she loves me and that she cares for me, even if we hurt each other. It's not abusive. It's just broken, and it's hurtful, and I get tired of it. (laughs) But I need to trust wildly because that's a covenant relationship I've made, and it's worth it. Next ring out is the body. Trust can not be so easily come by there, and it can be broken in the body. We get disillusioned with one another because we we know we're the people of God, but we act like humans (laughs) a lot of the time. And so forgiveness is for everyone in the body. Trust is for safe people in the body. Does that make sense? There's a differentiation there. Safe people are people that have your best interest at heart. But forgive everyone, but trust the folks that are safe in your life. And outside, forgiveness is for our friends and neighbors. Believe it or not, it's for them. Again, trust is a little slower to come by out there. Uh, I may not have close relationships. And lastly, enemies. Forgiveness is for my enemies. But I may not, uh, again, trust is not the same as forgiveness. Does that make a little bit of sense? Forgiveness is for all people, and it, and me and my unforgiveness really is that prison. I think we've said it before. Uh, you know, forg- unforgiveness is me drinking poison, thinking it's hurting the other person. Totally affects me. Makes me bitter inside. Makes me cynical. When I walk in forgiveness, love starts to flow. And we can do it. So if I call on Jesus... He sets me free to love. Now, the cool part about all the passages we've read this morning is that it keeps saying this phrase, ask whatever you wish in my name. (laughs) Ask in my name, and I will give you what you need. So part of why I stay in my prison, too, is I I know the, the love of Mike runs out. And so I need to ask for what I need. I need love, God. And what do you think he'll do? Nah, I don't want you to do that. 
I believe you could do this by faith and trust it with all you have, that he will supply everything you need for love. I tell you the truth. So this is in a different passage we haven't looked at in John 14, 12, and 13. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, who trusts me, will do what I have been doing. That's a message in itself. So anyone who has trust in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I, will, I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. God wants us to love one another. He will give you what you need to do that. He can do it. And so would you call on him to set you free? And would you call on him to supply what you need to love? And then again, in the end of the John passage, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. And I think praying in the name of Jesus isn't just saying a magic word, the name Jesus, out loud. Praying in the name of Jesus is his character, his works, and reputation. What we are doing, we're, we're saying, I'm going to own who you are. I'm going to own our family business. I'm going to be a son or daughter. And I believe God the Father looks down at us. And, you know, we get proud about a lot of things in life. But I think when we love one another in a noble way, he's like, ah, oh, that's my daughter. She's doing it. <laughs> that's my son. He's loving like I love. I think God wants to supply that, and I think he loves it when we act like his children. So coming back from frozen love, um, repentance, it's not okay for me not to love. And I need to agree with God about that. So don't take my word at that. I want you to rest. If you're just like, Mike, I can't do that yet then talk to God about it. And just be honest. Talk to him over and over and over again until you guys come to an understanding. It's a great conversation. I have those conversations with him. I'm done, God. And he brings me out. But eventually, repentance leads to life. Call on Jesus to set me free, to set you free. Uh, I want to encourage to seek assistance in forgiveness. It's not just a little mechanical Hey, I forgive you, all is well. I think that we, there's a process that's healthy that we can walk through. And so I'd love for you, uh, ask for a healing prayer appointment or come to the healing prayer class or whatever it might be um, that helps you walk a path of forgiveness. We need help in that. Renewing love and trust for core relationships and the body of Christ. We need to do that. We're his kids. He will supply what we need to love. And this is the good story. This is the kingdom of God. Loving those that don't deserve it. Giving favor to people that don't deserve it. Forgiving people that don't deserve it. That's what happened to me, you know, 26 years ago. And, and God says, Mike, continue my business. Keep going. This is us. This is what we're meant to be and do. So um, part of 
kind of uh, apologize a little bit out of sorts, wearing this Eagle River football shirt. I don't know if many of you are aware, but uh, we lost an athlete Friday night who passed away. And um, I don't know, all I can say is that life is broken. And we were supposed to have a little bit of a youth emphasis. And, you know, there's, I have a picture of Thad Heggy throwing the ball to this young man's little brother. And I, we wanted to invite people to join in youth ministry today, to join in this army of love and giving hope to kids, hope to teenagers. And I don't know if maybe somebody in this room could be like Thad and throw a football to somebody. <laughs> That's all he did. But he did it so well. He, he initiated with this young man. But if you're interested at all in our youth ministry, in our middle school in particular, needs some uh, volunteers. It's just a ministry of hope is what it is. And we could find a way to take who you are and plug it in in a way that would work. I just want to invite anyone who might want to do that. And I also wanted to pray for the community this morning as we, as we close. Um, the, the really neat thing, too, is uh, Pastor Ed uh, was on call as a chaplain yesterday. Aaron Hopkins, Young Life Director, has a relationship with a, every boy on that football team. I started coaching this year. Between the three of us, we talked to probably every player and coach, most of the families, and have offered them, hey, if you, if you were looking for hope, let's talk. Um, and so as a church body, I don't know what it means for us this next week, but we also, so I prayed with Marty Lang last night. <laughs> we had a meeting, and we could pray for Marty. Marty said this is the third one for him. It's coming on the heels of one last spring. And he's just like, man, this is so hard. So Marty needs our prayers this morning and this week. As a community, as we think about teenagers, so here's the thing about the young man, is that there are zero signs of issues or trouble. Happy, strong, vibrant young man. So we think about our teenagers. Don't assume anything. Let's move close. Let's draw them into real life. Let's walk alongside them. And so it's a vital, 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 vital ministry. And if you want to take a step, God will supply what you need for that because I believe he wants to do it. And he is doing it. So, um, yeah, let's, let's pray uh, this morning for the community, for those families, for if we take a moment of silence. And would you just pray for anyone that you heard? And then I, I will close this in prayer in just a moment. So. Jesus, you said, because you live, we also will live. And we believe that. We believe that life follows. 
We call on that uh, for the sake of communion. We believe that you can bring life and light into darkness. You can bring hope where there isn't any. And you have no end. You have no boundary to your depth or your width. Your love is beyond all things. As we think about our own stories and how important it is to love one another, would you help us renew? Would you set me free from my own prison that I put myself in? I pray for our marriages here today that you would renew love and forgiveness for one one another, that we would let go of the scorecards. We would trust wildly in those relationships. Father, we pray for those relationships with kids that we have, our own kids, of how even there there can be hurt and discord, that you would renew love and forgiveness, and we'd be generous and give favor that isn't earned. Be wild with grace toward one another. Would we, we pray for the body here, just our own church, Lord, for forgiveness to be real, for love to be full, that we would love wildly within this group of people that call each other our church. Would you renew the things that are broken and sad? Would you bring life? Would you be glorified as we love by faith? You will supply all we need as we ask in your name. We pray for Marty this week that he would be a beacon of hope and light and life as he leads a whole community that's mourning. Would you protect him and give him clear thinking and kindness? And we pray for all the players and coaching staff of Eagle River High School. Um, I pray some are ready to find life in you, a life that never ends. And so, God, we pray that that would be true. It's in your name we pray, Jesus.